Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, welcome back to the Make Life Matter podcast. I doubt there is a single person listening or watching whose life has not been touched by cancer. Only four months after losing her mother to breast cancer, Jenny Dent Brandt found out she herself was fighting aggressive cancer. She has walked the halls of power of Washington, D.C., the mission fields around the world, and the unexpected journey of cancer. The author of her book, Unleash Your God-Given Healing, Eight Steps to Prevent and Survive Cancer, Jenny will share how she got through it, what she learned from it, and some key steps we can all take to boost our immune system and make life matter. Welcome, Jenny. I'm so honored to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. And I know you have so much to share and offer our listeners. I loved your book. It was insightful. It was moving. I was deeply impacted by this first section. I want to just know, and I'm sure our listeners do, Jenny, what was that like for you to be grieving the death of your mother only to be diagnosed yourself? How did your initial diagnosis affect you emotionally and spiritually? Well, it was the shock, Angela, of all shocks because I wasn't expecting it. I found the tumor after I had participated in the Charleston Cooper River Bridge run. Not that I was running it. I was walking it. It's about 10 miles. And my ring got caught in my nightie. And my sister said, Jenny, that was the providence of God. I wouldn't have known it was there. Three mammograms missed this cancer. And so it was the shock when the doctor told me it was cancer. And the next week he told me it's aggressive. Well, nobody wants to hear that. And then the next week, the surgeon was reading me the MRI results. And what he said was so unbelievable. I said, I don't believe you. He said, it looks like it's all over your body and in your lymph nodes. And so I said, I don't believe you show me that MRI. Well, seeing is believing and shocking. He flashed it up on this huge life-size screen. And I said, are you sure that's me? So it was shock and denial, but it motivated me to get a second opinion. And one of the best things you can do in any serious health journey is get what your insurance company pays for that second opinion. So I flew to Chicago to Cancer Treatment Centers of America to get that second opinion. And it was one of the best things I could have done. Yes, it challenged my faith because I was trying not to get cancer. I was known as a health nut. And here I have an aggressive stage four cancer, supposedly. But that hospital chaplain sat me down. I asked to meet with him. And I said, I don't understand how a health nut, I was just sobbing. I don't understand how a health nut like me got cancer. And he said, Jenny, your doctors don't understand either. You had none of the risk factors. And believe it or not, they did extensive genetic testing. I had none of the genetic factors either. He said, but I will tell you this, your healthy habits will get you through the journey. He was right. And then he went on to say something prophetic. He said, consider this a gift from God. You're a speaker. You're an author. God's going to use this for you to help many people. You know, just consider it a gift. And I looked at him and I said, but I don't want the gift. (laughs) 
can I give the gift back? And I was struggling with the fact that three times through three different people, God had told me, consider this a gift. Hmm. And I finally realized, enjoy the ride. It's a gift. God's going to be with me in the journey. I learned that all the way back to when I first become a Christian and we had a family crisis. It was Watergate and my mother's depression hit at the same time because my dad did serve President Richard Nixon and several other presidents. And realizing that God had control of things. And that he was going to work all things for my good got me through that journey. He went way beyond what I could have ever imagined. But in this journey, I finally realized he was going to do the same thing. And here's the caveat, whether I lived or whether I died, because a lot of what they were telling me was letting me know I was probably going to die. So it, it yes, it challenged my faith. But I finally got off that roller coaster and began writing on God's perspective to get through the journey rather than the ups and the downs of fears and worry. And that's normal in a cancer journey, but you can't live that way. It's okay to deal with it and have it pop up every now and then. That's normal, but you can't ride that wave of fear and doubt and worry. And so I had to get on top of that Mm -hmm. and seeing God's perspective helped me to do that. Again, whether I lived or whether I died, my life was to glorify God. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how you rode that wave. I know one of the things you did was a tremendous amount of research. I'd like to talk about that. Maybe there are listeners who are finding themselves in an unexpected crisis or a diagnosis, or they want to know what they can do to be preventative. So what kind of research did you do once you were diagnosed with cancer? I read, Angela, about 50 books written by doctors and nutritionists and cancer patients I also went to the medical research, but the whole time I'm looking at my Bible to see what it says too. Hmm. So it was just, and I also attended three different cancer conventions where medical experts and researchers and doctors and nutritionists spoke. And so I'm putting all this together and I'm going, I never thought to blame God. I learned from my dad's journey with Alzheimer's that that was a lifestyle disease and cancer, I learned, is 90% lifestyle, only 10% genetics. And that's pretty clear throughout most cancer centers in this country. They They will tell you that. They know that for sure now. And so that made me look at myself, very introspective in, was I a health nut or What more did I need to learn? I kept saying, God, guide me. God, show me what you want me to see. Mm -hmm. And things just, it was almost miraculous. Some of the things that happened that uncovered things that I wouldn't have known to look at, but things happened that made me discover things that I wasn't trying to discover. Mm -hmm. So I learned from the school of hard knocks that, you know, my lifestyle, I was not the health nut I thought I was. I had great room for improvement. And some of the things I was doing on an everyday basis contributed to my getting cancer. And there are things that were unintentional, but there are things that all of us are doing. And that's why I felt led to write the book that, as I told the chaplain, the book I never wanted to write (laughs) because I didn't want anyone to go through what I was going through. All the fear and worry and the shock and the horror and all the treatments, you know, all these doors are opening to me that I don't want opened. I just want to slam the door or wake up and say, oh, it's just a nightmare. And Now that I'm awake, it's all gone away. No, I had to go through every door 
with faith and every door had consequences. So my big emphasis in writing the book is not just to help cancer patients get through the journey. It's to help them to prevent getting cancer in the first place. I love that, Jenny. I love that you did implement some specific changes to your lifestyle and in addition to taking chemo. The mammogram in and of itself just doesn't work for me. And so I also do a thermogram. So you can choose to do a thermogram would be out of pocket and an ultrasound can be out of pocket, but they're remote labs. But with this information coming out, I think insurance is going to start paying for the ultrasound in place of the mammogram for these people. They're paying for the MRI. Well, the ultrasound would be less expensive. Hmm. So I think things are going to change with this new evidence coming to light. That's a great point. I would love for you to share one or two of the key steps that you mentioned in your cancer journey and how we can implement them to boost our immune system, even to help with illnesses and viruses such as COVID-19. Like you said, we can be preventative. So we can be taking these steps now. You're giving us great insights of what we can do if we are in that doctor's appointment, if we feel like we're, you know, needed to be asking more questions or we might be at risk or we might not even know we're at risk. But what are one or two of the steps we can even take right now, no matter who we are, and boost our immune system? Well, I would have to say all the steps are important, all eight. But exercise was key in getting me through the cancer journey, just as that chaplain told me. Hmm. I walked Believe it or not, after 100 stitches, my first surgery, I was ready to get all those tubes out of my body and especially the catheter. And I asked the nurse what I could do. And the nurse said, if you can walk four rounds of this hospital floor by tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., I will remove the catheter. I said, come on back. You're on for 6 a.m. I got up. It felt so good to walk. Now, I'm not just walking. I have tubes and medical equipment attached to my body. I'm pulling it behind me. So I'm pole walking. And I did the four rounds and I said, how many to a mile? And he said, I don't think you can do that. 18. I did the 18 that day with the nurses cheering me on. I did two miles on the hospital floor. I got back to my room. And later on that afternoon, when my doctor and another surgeon that had worked on me came by and my respiratory therapist, they said, you would not believe what you've done to promote healing in your body. And They removed the breast tubes that are supposed to stay in for two weeks. They said, your body's already taken care of the drainage. Mm. You've lowered your risk for blood clots. You've upped your your B and T cells. You've pumped anesthesia out of your system. If every patient could do this, whoa, what a difference it would make. But you have to do what you can when you can. So after that, I didn't want the chemotherapy. You know, let me be honest. It was one thing in life I never wanted. Mm. And I was nervous about it. So I told my husband, I said, we're going to walk two miles before chemo. And I had eight hours of chemo, the worst chemo regimen known to mankind, five pre-meds, four chemical agents, which is harsh. And I, afterwards, I walked two miles back through the park, back to the hotel room, and two to three miles every day in between. When my chemotherapy was over, the doctor said, this is amazing. Within six weeks after chemo's over, your blood work is all back within normal ranges. And I didn't know what that meant. But later they told me it takes two to five years if it ever returns to normal. And you were, I was back up and going. I was snow skiing during chemotherapy, Mm. doing the Cooper River Bridge run again during chemotherapy. I was climbing a mountain during chemotherapy, going up and down, you know, sharp 
turns and curves and um, that's unheard of. But after the chemo was over, one of my doctors said to me a year later, I know you're researching for your book. Have you seen the research in Australia? And I said, no, she pointed me to me, to me. And I looked at it and 30 entities in Australia came together, cancer groups to say that exercise is one of the best things a cancer patient can do Mm. again for any patient. It ups the B and T cells during COVID being sedentary, not a good idea. We needed to keep moving, even if you moved in your house yeah. or around your yard or in your neighborhood and stayed away from people. Uh, it's important to keep the B and T cells up and to stimulate your lymphatic system, which is your trash disposal system, which is part of your immune system, to take out the trash. It was important during COVID. It's important during chemotherapy. And now they're telling cancer patients, move as much as you can, move when you can, and when you have the energy and the balance. I had it right off the bat and was able to do it. For someone who's not quite there, do it when you, when you can do it. We'll get right back to this week's episode. I want to help you make life matter with some free resources at AngelaDenadio.com. You'll also find my books, albums, and ways to connect. While you're there, join my online community and be the first to hear exciting updates. If you long to walk where Jesus walked and are ready for the Bible to come alive in ways you have never experienced before, journey with me and Carol McLeod to Israel in 2022. Get all the details at AngelaDenadio.com. Make moving a part of life and a part of your lifestyle. You mentioned very practical things in your book, Jenny, that we can all do. It's sleep, it's water, mentioning drinking at least half of your body weight in ounces. My kids used to always tease me that I would say, have you drank your water? I'll still tell them they're grown and out of the house. Have you drank your water today? Because you will feel so much better. I used to be pretty addicted to Coca-Cola when I was younger and I gave up soda and I am a big avid water drinker. Is there one other tip besides exercise that you would say, yes, you can implement this decision today that will make a real difference in your life? Well, I'd have to say that food as medicine is absolutely powerful. And I had to look back and see what the Bible said. And he tells Adam and Eve, God tells Adam and Eve, I've given you these plants for food. And today scientists can tell us every phytochemical and antioxidant, plus the minerals and the vitamins and the fiber that all help our immune system. Mm. And I mean, the antioxidants and the phytochemicals are cancer fighters. So Mm. if you look at something like blueberries, I now eat blueberries every day because it reduces your risk for cancer. I'm trying to risk, you know, the cancer coming back. Uh, The blueberries build your immune system. The blueberries provide fiber to feed your gut and 70 to 80% of your immune cells are in that gut. So keeping that gut healthy is key to fighting disease and keeping your whole body healthy. So I learned that, you know, the average American eats two to three fruits and vegetables a day. Adam and Eve ate nothing but fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and herbs and spices. And Daniel did the same thing. And as we know, Daniel fared better, just pulse foods that God created and water. And he soared on that. Mm. So food as medicine, I don't think people realize how powerful 
food is for your health, your immune system, to prevent cancer, even help your your mood and depression. So I just, food is a big, just a big, big plus, and we need to use it rightly instead of the sad American diet where we just eat everything processed and junk with high calories and low nutrients. Absolutely. I had to flip that. High nutrients, low calories. And there's so many things we can do like smoothies. You mentioned that. I love to eat smoothies. I may not be able to eat a whole cup of blueberries by itself, but put into a smoothie with a banana or with some kale, you can get fruit and vegetables in in different ways. Just get them in. That's the, the critical component. And those are some things we can do to actually prevent cancer. You talk about there are ways we can implement changes that actually prevent cancer. You mentioned 90% of cancer prevention is lifestyle. Is there another nugget you'd like to share with our listeners of something they can do to help prevent cancer? Well, one of the things that was found when I was searching for why I got cancer, because there weren't many reasons, and the more I searched, the more I found, is that 60 to 70% of what we put on our skin is absorbed directly into our bloodstream. Mm. So a lot of the personal care products that we use, cosmetics, cleaning supplies in the house, contain endocrine-disrupting hormones. Mm. And I had an endocrine-fed cancer estrogen fed, but it wasn't just coming from within my body. I had had those hormone levels tested before I was diagnosed and I didn't have high levels of estrogen, but these endocrine disrupting hormones mimic estrogen and they can drive cancer. And what's interesting, Angela, is my oncologist read my book and he said to me, uh, I agreed your chapters, everything in your book. He said, but I agreed with the chapters on on chemicals and toxins in our body. He said, I believe this is driving many cancers today and the cancer rates. That's why they're, they're so high. And then I went to my OBGYN a few weeks ago and she said the same thing. So even doctors are beginning to realize that these chemicals in our environment that we're lathering on our skin, you know, we're drinking water. If it's not filtered, we're getting all kinds of chemicals from the water table and chlorine and fluoride, uh, you know, the fluoride is good for your teeth, but do you want to bathe your whole body in it? And the chlorine is good to keep bacteria out of the water. That's why we're not a third world country, but you want to take it back out before you drink it. Mm. So we got to watch the chemical load in our body. Mine was sky high. Again, an accident. I got involved in a clinical trial with a sauna company because my doctor advised me to get all the chemo out of my body through the use of a sauna, infrared sauna. So we, we bought one, a home one, and I was in the clinical trial, and they're testing the chemical levels in my body. I didn't know I, I didn't know there was such a test. And they're finding glyphosate, and they're finding Agent Orange pesticide, and they're finding bleach, and they're finding parabens and phylates. And I'm, oh, my goodness, took it back to my doctors, and they said, yep. This is a big reason why you got cancer. Wow. So watch what you put on your skin. Watch the chemicals you expose yourself to. Um, I do believe that they're driving. Men are getting breast cancer, not at the rate women are. But 90% of them are estrogen fed. Now go figure. God didn't make men but to have a little bit of estrogen. Yeah. So it's not just the estrogen in their body. It's these personal care products it and is. the chemicals in there mimicking estrogen. Mm, That's so good. That's helpful for us to understand that you talk about going organic. Someone like me who loves my lotion 
what would you recommend? What would you say this is what you should be using instead of the chemically laced products? Well, you have to learn to read labels. But one thing I went to, and it happened after my first surgery, I asked the surgeon, you know, all these scars and stitches, what, what am I to do? Do I get that stuff you get at the drugstore? And he said, no, just simple coconut oil. And boy, that opened a wide door. It did so well. I said, well, I'll use this on my face. I'll use this as a moisturizer. There are no chemicals in here. It's pure coconut oil. So that's just a big tip. It's less expensive than all these cosmetics, but you have to learn to read labels. And I do give suggestions for everything that you use. What's an alternative or two. I do have a few pages of that. I also have a few pages in my book where I go through a woman's everyday life and show you every chemical she could possibly come in contact with. And at the end of the day, you realize why we have a problem. That's it's a very helpful resource, Jenny. There is so much in this book. You do talk about in the book, how your cancer did affect your faith. How did you sense God's presence, even in the middle of this difficult season? You know, I knew from the very beginning, the first thing we did when I was diagnosed, my husband laid hands on me, prayed for me, and we asked God to guide us. And I could feel his presence and I could feel his guiding touch Hmm. and things that were happening when I knew my husband and I both felt a peace about different things at the same time. It was like God was working in our hearts. It was just every step of the way I started concentrating instead of all the negative side effects And all the papers I had to sign, it's including death. We started to laugh at kind of those. And we started concentrating on all the blessings along the way. And there were so many blessings, we didn't have time to concentrate on all the negatives, you know. And again, like I told you, I was going to glorify God, whether I lived or whether I died. I'd been blessed with a wonderful life. And I had nothing except gratitude. And gratitude promotes healing in the body. Mm, I love that. There's many things that promote healing in the body, prayer, meditation, you know, concentrating on scripture and the promises of God. These things promote healing in the body. So I had to use my faith to manage my emotions because there were a lot of emotions in this in this journey. Mm. And it brought my husband and I closer together. And, you know, I just couldn't help but look and say, Thank you, God, that you created our body with all these self-healing mechanisms. How could you go through surgery and how could you go through chemotherapy if God didn't make the body to regenerate and heal? I saw God everywhere in my journey. Hmm. I love that, Jenny. I saw God everywhere in my journey. That's looking for him. That's perspective change. That's a paradigm shift. I'm curious to know this answer. I ask all of my guests other than Jesus, Jenny, what person in the Bible has most inspired you to make life matter? I would have to say Joseph, Mm. because I've never seen someone who had such negative circumstances, your brother selling you into slavery and being falsely accused and all the trauma and storms that he went through, yet he knew God was with him. And he's an example of Romans 8, 28 that God works all things together for our good, for those who are called and those who love him. You know, I didn't like this cancer journey. I didn't want the gift. I already admitted that. But I finally just had to get on the ride and go through it and say, God, I'm just looking for how you're going to use this and I'm not going to worry about the rest. Hmm. And when if I could get to heaven and ask Joseph a question, I'd really like to know 
what gave him the power to forgive his brother such an atrocity? Mm. He could have given them revenge. He could have lived with bitterness and hate and his health would have been affected and he never would have rose to power. You know, what enabled him to do that except, you know, God in him and God being with him. And then I wonder when he got to heaven, finally, did he ever look back and just be shocked that God went far beyond what he ever imagined? He was not only the the man who saved his own family from extinction because he was controlling the, the food and they would have starved, but he preserved the messianic line so that people like you and I could come to Christ one day. So I think when he saw the big picture, I'd like to know what he thought of all that. I love it, Jenny. And I feel like you're li- you are living the more than enough life. Ephesians 3.20 is what you've mentioned a couple of times. God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or we think or we imagine your posture of gratitude, your posture of saying, Jesus, my life is yours, however you want to use me. I know there are listeners that want to get your book. You actually have two. The first is Finding True Freedom from the White House to the World, endorsed by Chuck Colson. And we pastor outside of Washington, D.C. So I'm very anxious to read your first book, Jenny. But your first book, as well as your new one on cancer, where can they find your resources? It's really best to go to Jenny, which is G as in girl, I. N N Y and then B is in boy Brant B R A N T. So Jenny Brant at M S N dot com. Both books will be there. My cancer prevention blog and wellness blog is there. They can sign up for that and I'll I'll update again on Wednesday, but all kind of new information that they keep discovering new things Mm. as time goes on and new cancer discoveries. And my book is written with commentary from a well-known oncologist who was also a major medical researcher and was a pioneer in the cancer field, serving 55 years as an oncologist. Mm. And so he gives his feedback in the book to how does this help someone prevent cancer? And as an oncologist, how is this going to help my cancer patient to do well in the cancer journey? So it's not just me saying it. I back everything up with research, with the Bible, with other doctors, and then with this doctor coming behind me. So it's sound medical research, practical things we can all use on an everyday basis. My main goal, again, is hey, let's prevent this from happening to other people. I love helping people through the cancer journey, but hey, let's don't go there if we don't have to, you know? Put in a plan of prevention, knowing that one in two people in the generation born today are getting cancer Mm. in their lifetime. That's what the projection is today. That's too many. It's too many. It's too many. One is too many. And uh, even the name of your book indicates that unleash your God-given healing meaning we have power in this. We are not powerless over our lifestyle, over these choices. So visit Jenny Brandt, G-I-N-N-Y-B-R-A-N-T at at msn.com. And I'll put all that in my show notes as well. And Jenny is going to pray over you listeners in just a moment. She's told us so many powerful things, how we can prevent cancer, very simple tips we can begin today implementing to take control of our lives, to make our life matter, to live a life of gratitude 
and faith-informed decisions. So thank you, Ginny. I close my episodes with a section called Truth That Matters. And this week, it actually comes straight from your book. The Bible does not skirt around this issue and clearly teaches that trials and tribulations are a normal part of life. Trials are filtered through the light of his word and are designed to make us stronger. These things I have spoken to you that in me, meaning Jesus, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's John 16, 33. Cancer forced me to look up to God for help and guidance, to look within and examine my soul and daily habits, and to look around me for any outside influences that I needed to change. For some people, fear and a near-death experience lead to their spiritual transformation. For others, they find new purpose in life. Thank you, Jenny, for not only giving God your yes, but helping us to walk through difficulty, whether it's cancer, whether it's illness, whether it's unexpected trials, and to find new purpose in life. God can use anything if we yield it to him. So thank you again. And I would just love for you to pray over our listeners as we close our time today. I'd love to. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I don't know a person who has not been touched by cancer. And I pray for those people who are fearful of cancer, that they may get it one day because they've seen so much as I did in my family. Lord, I pray that your words and this book and the information will give them hope that you have created their body with self-healing mechanisms that work best when we implement the right lifestyle changes. I pray that you would give them discipline to implement those changes. And dear Lord, I so feel for the person who is now in the cancer journey, they're scared. They're having to make difficult decisions. I pray that you would guide and direct them, that you would help them as well to make lifestyle changes so they can complement what their doctors are doing and have a better outcome and be restored to full health. And Lord, I know there are many people out there who've had cancer. And like me, they don't want it coming back. And that, again, requires the same eight lifestyle changes that help keep our immune system that God has gifted us with running as he intended. Lord, as Christians, give us the discipline to take care of our bodies, to really treat them as temples so that we can have more time on this earth to serve you. And I pray for those who This cancer may be their ticket to heaven, as Johnny Erickson Tata said when she was diagnosed with cancer. She's still here, but sometimes it is. It's just too far down the road, and it is your ticket to heaven. And we pray for the loved ones they leave behind and that they will be a witness for you, even as they're ready to enter heaven's gates. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you can heal in a moment. But you can also heal on an everyday basis through this wonderful, amazing body you have given us. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. 
Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.